Thank you for listening to this teaching from the prayer room. For more teachings, notes, downloads, or to subscribe to our podcast, as well as information about who we are and our upcoming events, visit our website at theprayerroomdfw.com. Tonight, the book of Revelation, session 64, the seven thunders. Now, what we're doing in this series, for those of you who are new to us or kind of forgot, uh, you know, what we're doing, we've been going thematically through the book of Revelation. So we're not doing a verse-by-verse study. We're doing a theme-by-theme study in the book of Revelation. But we've been kind of marching forward from the first chapters. You know, now we're, we're in chapter 10-ish, kind of moving forward. But we're covering theme-by-theme theme as opposed to verse-by-verse. Verse. And there is a, a subject uh, in the book of Revelation that uh, is it's just mentioned in one passage, uh, but I think it's one that we need to give attention to, especially in light of last week's message about the forerunner ministry, and even in relationship to what we're going to do in the next session, talking about the two witnesses. And it's all there in chapter 10. And so I want us to uh, look at this uh, real quick. Just want to introduce this idea of the seven thunders. That might be something you're like, what is that? Sounds mystical. Well, if it's mystical and it's in the Bible, it's worth our attention. If it's mystical and it's not in the Bible, then you may want to just throw it out. Okay, so uh, I'm here in uh, Revelation 10, 1 through 7, reading just kind of an excerpt of uh, chapter 10, 1 through 7. Then I saw another mighty angel robed in a cloud. His face was like the sun. He was holding a little scroll. His right uh, foot stood on the sea and his left foot on the land. And he gave a loud shout like the roar of a lion. And when he shouted, the voices of the seven thunders spoke. And when the seven thunders spoke, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven say, seal up what the seven thunders have said and do not write it down. Then the angel swore by him who lives forever and ever. And he said, there will be no more delay. But in the days when the seventh angel is about to sound his trumpet, The mystery of God will be accomplished just as he announced it to his servants, the prophets. Now, just a a few little details here, kind of intro, and then we'll go a little deeper, but uh, it's just some intro points. This subject, whatever the seven thunders is, it is being introduced by one who is being called a mighty angel. Now, the book of Revelation has got a lot of angels in it. This one is called a mighty angel, and the argument could be made, in fact, we spent a good portion of a session some time ago, that this mighty angel, because of the description of this mighty angel, and you look at the details of the description of this mighty angel, and you look at the descriptions of the pre-incarnate Christ in other passages, the argument could be made that this isn't a mighty angel, that it's Jesus. Whether it's Jesus or it's a mighty angel, it is being introduced by someone who was brought onto the scene to make a big to-do. He is a mighty angel coming to say something. It is intentional to draw attention to uh, this mighty angel and whatever he's saying. So he kind of comes on the scene in order to talk about these seven thunders. That's the reason that he's coming in. He's, he's describing the th- seven thunders. He, he's uh, he's uh, ushering them in. So I just want to make the point that whatever these seven thunders are, they're being initiated, introduced by one who is described as a mighty angel who was not on the scene just one moment ago. This mighty angel comes into the room, so to speak, and starts introducing the seven thunders, okay? So that's a, 
a point that we need to take away is that Revelation actually went out of its way, if you will, to make sure we thought the seven thunders was important, not dismissible. Okay? Point one. Next, they're announced with roars and shouting. Revelation 10.3. He gave a loud shout like the roar of a lion. And when he shouted, the voice of the seven thunders spoke. We don't want to think of those two things as uh, unrelated. He's ushering in the seven thunders. And, and from, from the very beginning, the plan was this mighty angel is going to roar He's going to shout, and when he does, that's like pushing the start button on the seven thunders. The seven thunders are in response to the mighty angel uh, roaring, okay? Next, they speak. Revelation 10.4, top of page 2. When the seven thunders spoke. It's an important word because it doesn't say when the seven thunders thundered. It says when the seven thunders spoke. That's a very, that communicates something very different. These seven thunders don't just make thunder sounds. They're described as speaking, that each one of them has a voice. When they spoke, when the seven of them spoke, when the seven of them conversed and said words that were understandable, the seven thunders spoke. They're alive. This, this changes the details. Because this isn't now, you're now not reading about seven thunders that thundered. You're now reading about seven voices that spoke that are called thunders. It's different. These messages were heard. John was about to write them down. You can't write them down unless you knew what it is that you were going to write. So John heard seven things that up until a moment later... John thought, I'm going to write this down just like I've been writing down everything else. But specifically, it says that he was about to write them down, the seven messages. So these seven thunders are seven messages. We don't know. Are they long? Are they short? Is it a one-word phrase that each one of them spoke, but that one-word phrase means a volume of information? We don't know. What we do know is they spoke, and John was going to write them down, their messages. Their messages are connected to the scroll. And we've done some time, spent some time on this, but this scroll is the end time scroll. We read about it uh, in another um, uh, session, spent a good amount of time on it actually. This is the end time scroll which will be unrolled at the end of the age and the content made available to the end time church so that the end time church can focus on the end time storyline with greater level of clarity and revelation than any generation before it because every generation before it didn't need the information. But the end time generation will. This, this passage that we're reading, this about these seven thunders, it's right in the middle of the scroll passage that we've looked at before. So these seven messages that are revealed to John, because remember, John heard them, John knows them. I mean, if you could have a conversation with John right now and the Lord would permit him to open his mouth and tell you what was there, I guarantee you he remembers what was said. John knows the message. They are knowable messages. John heard them. And they were in connection to the end time scroll. Now, I gave you uh, the similar verse there in uh, Daniel chapter 12. When Daniel had a similar encounter with this end time scroll, he was told the same thing that John was told. Same thing. Look what it says. Daniel 12, 4 and 9. But you, Daniel, 
roll up and seal the words of the scroll until the end, until the time of the end. My Lord, what will the outcome of all this be? He replied, go your way, Daniel, because the words are rolled up and sealed until the time of the end. Daniel was given specific pieces of end time information and he was allowed to tell those pieces. That's what the book of Daniel is. But then there were certain pieces of information. He said, now you got to roll this up. You got to seal this up. I'm not giving you any more. John was told the exact same thing. The book of Revelation is John being given lots of information that's on that scroll. But right there in the middle of the passage of Daniel of, of uh, Revelation chapter 10, it says that the angel was holding the scroll in his hand. It's this mighty angel. It's the one that's introducing the seven thunders. The seven thunder messages are eschatology. The seven thunder messages are end time messages. They are related to the end times. They are about the last generation. It's, it's all of that is wrapped up into one. Their messages are connected to the scroll. But check this, the end of that passage, uh, Revelation 10 being our base passage. Revelation 10, one through seven, uh, six and seven says this. At the end, after, after we've been told there are seven thunders and then we've been told, but they're sealed up. You can't know them right now. Then we're told there will be no more delay. But in the days when the seventh angel is about to sound his trumpet, then the mystery of God will be accomplished. What mystery? The mystery that was just sealed up. What was sealed up? The seven thunders. This is important because it tells us exactly when the seven thunders will happen. It says... In the days when the seventh angel is about to sound his trumpet. That means it's after the sixth angel has sounded his trumpet, but it's before the seventh angel has sounded his trumpet. The seven thunders are going to unfold. They're going to be realized. They're going to happen on planet earth. In the time frame of the seventh trumpet, which we remember, that's the second coming of Christ. The last trumpet. When the last trumpet is blasted, Jesus shows up in the sky. So in the moment right before that, these seven thunders are revealed. These seven thunders are made known. Well, identifying them. How do we do that? <clears throat> they, they mean something. These seven thunders are something. They are something. They mean something. They were put in this book on purpose. In fact, it's like the Lord almost draws more attention than to all the others, because all the others, he tells us what they are. This one, he tells you, I'm going to tell you that this exists, and I'm going to on purpose not tell you what it is. I don't know about you. If any of you got kids, that trick drives them batty. Say, I got a secret. What is it? I can't tell you. Your life is over until you tell them. It's over. God did this. God said, I've got a secret. What is it? Seven thunders. Awesome. What are they? Shh. No speaking. What is it? 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 It's supposed to create within us a longing and a desire to actually go after the revelation that's been sealed. Okay? All right. First, uh, bottom of page two. This is a unique revelation. And what I mean by that. Revelation 10, verse 3 and following, describes these seven thunders. Now, as, as best as I know, I mean, I, I mean, you can do a word study and figure out that this is at least true at the most elementary level. This is the only place in all of Scripture. Revelation chapter 10 is the only place in all of Scripture that is specifically mentions the seven thunders. So you don't find seven thunders 
in, in that phrasing, in that terminology, anywhere else in the Bible except Revelation chapter 10. So it's a unique revelation. It's a unique, like, idea. It's a unique concept. It's unique to Revelation chapter 10, at least in the phrasing, seven thunders, okay? Which then means that Revelation chapter 10 needs to be our primary passage that we use to try to interpret them. Our primary passage in order to understand them, our primary passage in order to to get any depth of, of clarity, it's not that there might not be other information elsewhere, it's just that because this is the only place that flat out says the seven thunders, and it says it three or four times, this needs to be the primary passage that we're looking at in order to understand what it is that we're looking at. There's seven more messages. It's seven messages that John heard that we were not yet permitted to be told, not yet permitted to be, uh, to be made known, at least at the time that John wrote these things down. We need to grasp that these seven messages represent significant additional end time content. These seven messages represent significant, remember who introduced it, it's, it's right at the timing of the second coming of Jesus, right before that. These revelations, these seven messages represent significant additional end time content. That's pretty cool. And it's also like, why did you do it that way, Lord? Wow. They're sealed until the end. They were sealed, so they couldn't be known, but they are. They're significant, but they're veiled until the final generation. They're not veiled forever. They're not sealed forever. They're sealed until. They're sealed until the end. They're sealed until the end. They can be known. I believe for a lot of reasons, and we'll go into a few of them here in a minute, but right now I just want to say the statement and then we'll look at them in a minute. I believe that these are seven additional end time judgments. I think that they're very much in line with the idea of seven trumpets, seven seals, seven bowls, seven thunders. I think it's very much that thought process. Very much that thought process. We'll look at that a little bit more in a minute. They're released by the forerunners. Now, the reason I say it that way, Revelation chapter 10, as we did last week, we looked at this passage. It's the primary passage in the book of Revelation about the forerunner ministry. And right in the middle of the primary passage about the forerunner ministry, we're told and announced about these seven thunders. The seven thunders are not unrelated to the forerunner ministry. They're smack dab all up in the midst of the forerunner ministry. This is Revelation chapter 10. It's the same passage we were looking at last week when we were introducing the idea of end time forerunners. It's the same passage. If you go back and you look at the notes last week, we read the seven thunders, that phrase. I just didn't highlight it because I knew where I was going this week. But it's right in the middle of the primary forerunner passage in the book of Revelation. It's right in there. I believe that these seven thunders are end time judgments that the forerunner church is going to be responsible to discern and partner in releasing just like the seals, just like the trumpets, just like the bulls. I think it's very much in that line of thinking. Part F here, bottom of page three. They are voices from heaven. When he shouted, the voices of the seven thunders spoke. The voices spoke. 
the only thing that has voices is something that's got a voice, something that can talk. So these are people, angels, creatures. These are something in heaven that can talk. The voices of the seven thunders spoke. It's not the seven thunders thundered. It's the voices of those thunders, meaning those thunders are more than just a thunder. There is something something significant behind those thunders that it, we're not to just think it's just some rumblings and this rumbling sounded a little higher and this rumbling sounded a little lower. The voices spoke and John heard it and John was going to write down what they said because they're voices. They are uh, human, alive, angels, something. They are voices. It's a normal thing. The precedent's been set already throughout the book of Revelation that thunder is not, uh, this idea of the thunders in the book of Revelation, it's not isolated to merely this passage. I gave you here Revelation 4, 5. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. This idea of thunder coming forth from the throne of God is not a new idea to us. Thunder's coming forth. Next, the idea that voices in heaven that are unrelated to these seven thunders. So put the seven thunders on pause for just a moment and let's forget about that for just a second. The idea of voices around the throne in heaven revealed in the book of Revelation, the idea that voices sound like thunder has already been established in the book of Revelation. I gave you here a Revelation chapter six, verse one. I watched as the lamb opened the first of the seven seals then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder. Voices of living creatures. So we know that at least living creatures can thunder out a message. You got me? I'm just trying to make it really clear that these seven thunders, are they're attached to a live something. A living creature, an angel, somebody. Somebody is the thunder. These thunders are not clouds booming. These thunders are alive, okay, with physical form. Thirdly, oftentimes the subject of thunder is connected, the, the subject of uh, thunder coming out and thunder being heard, thunder being discerned, often is connected to the seven angels. Now, for those of you who are like, why does that point matter? That point is the point that matters the most if we want to be able to understand these seven thunders as seven judgments. Because the other three judgment series, the seven seals, the seven trumpets, and the seven bowls, guess who releases and who's all up in the middle of all three of those at some level, either releases or connected. It's the seven angels before the throne. All three series are connected to the seven angels before the throne. Why does that matter? Because they're the ones that are connected to voices like thunder. They often, when it says there's thunderings, you see the presence of these seven angels right there in the exact same passage I just gave you too. Why does that matter? I think it is absolutely what we're supposed to take away, that these seven thunders are part of the ministry of the seven angels, like the seven seals, the seven trumpets, and the seven bowls of wrath. I think it's a fourth Seven. It's not just those three judgment series. I think it's a fourth. And not only that, we were told in the time period when the seventh angel's about to blow his trumpet, meaning right there in the midst of the great tribulation period, 
There's yet seven more things that are going to be revealed, these seven thunders, in the days leading up to the seventh trumpet. You tracking with me so far? Does it make sense? So I gave you part three here. I encourage you to just look at it, you know, on your own time because it's, it's information that we've, we've kind of already covered elsewhere. But I just wanted to give you plenty of information to link the two ideas, the seven angels before the throne that are responsible and connected to the seven seals, the seven trumpets, and the seven bowls of wrath. And here now we have yet another seven something, seven thunders, and, uh, and their connection back to those seven angels. Now, <clears throat> let's look at the part, top of page uh, five here, looking at these seven angels just a little bit. Who are these angels? Well, they stand before the throne. They carry out the last day's judgments. They are held in God's hands, therefore at his beckoning will. They are servants who see the earth and know it. They have great represent, uh, they represent great authority before the throne. They are light and fire, we're told. I'll give you Bible verses on all that. These seven angels are responsible for all that. That's how they flow. The four, now let me just say it this way. It's really important that we catch this detail, that we don't lose this, that it's not just a random detail thrown in there. There are only four times that there are groups of seven things happening in the book of Revelation. Not, not people or not angels. We're told about the seven angels. There are only four sets of seven in Revelation as far as events. I, I want to make sure we're getting this. We're already familiar with the first three. We're already familiar with the seven seals, the seven trumpets, and the seven bowls. These are not six and a half thunders. These are seven thunders. It's the only other time there's a seven of something like this in the book of Revelation. We are absolutely supposed to connect the dots. We are absolutely supposed to lump these uh, seven thunders in a very similar thought process category and processing as we process the seven seals, the seven trumpets, and the seven bowls of wrath. It's, it's very much what's supposed to happen. It's the only other time that there's seven Another seven events of some sort. <clears throat> well, looking at the seals, trumpets, and bowls, because I think this helps us to understand what's going on. Each one of those terms, seals, trumpets, and bowls, as we looked at in previous sessions, and we'll look at a little bit more when we get to the bowls of wrath. Each one of those seal, trumpet, bowl, it wasn't just, and seven more bad things. It was seven seals, and they were seals for a reason. They weren't just bad things. They were seals. Then it was seven trumpets, and it wasn't just, and seven more bad things. It was seven trumpets for a reason because part of the message was that they were trumpets. Then it's seven bowls of wrath, not seven more bad things, seven bowls of the wrath of God poured out. It's seven thunders on purpose. The term thunder is part of the message. The term thunder is part of the indication of what we're going to be looking at. The term thunder is supposed to be a trigger to help us go, okay, like the seals, trumpets, and bowls, these thunders are going to, it means something that they're a thunder, that they're not just seven more things, but that they're thunder things. It's absolutely supposed to be part of the message. All right, seven more judgments. Let's go to page six here. 
if the seven thunders are judgments, and again, I believe that they are, if they are, what are they? What are they? Now, I want to say this really, I don't know, in, intently, carefully, somethingly. I don't think right now we have the clarity to know all the ins and outs about the seven thunders. I don't think that we do. But I also think God will give hungry people more than he gives non-hungry people. And then if we go after this, the Lord will give us more revelation. Now, this is something I've looked at to some degree, not like spent years on. But this is something that I've pondered. This isn't even the first time I've taught this. Like, this is something that I've thought through a little bit. And I just want to say it this way. If you give yourself to understanding, the Lord will reveal at least a little more to you than he did the guy next door. I mean, at least a little bit more. Okay? So while I don't think we have the capacity right now to understand these things fully, I don't think in any way that they cannot be understood. I do not believe that at all. Sealed does not mean no one can know anything under any set of circumstances ever. Sealed, the Lord, the way that he works that mystery, even the things that he sealed in the book of Daniel, other prophets after Daniel got revelation about. So, all right. Well, even looking at the seals, trumpets, and bowls. So now let's, let's go to there for, again for a second. There are details about the seals, trumpets, and bowls that we know and there's a whole lot about the seals, trumpets, and bowls we don't know. We're given a lot of information about the seals, trumpets, and bowls in the book of Revelation. We are not given full revelation. We do not have the, the fullest clarity on what Tuesday will that happen, how many days before the next thing happens. We don't know those kinds of intricate details. So here's my point. Even the things God reveals, he still veils. So however much we think we know about the seals, trumpets, and bowls, I think we will find out in the future how little we knew about the seals, trumpets, and bowls. So in that thought process, even these sealed thunders, the fact that we were told that they exist means we've already been given some amount of information about them. The fact that we were given additional Bible verses about them, the fact that there's all these mysteries about, you know, four seals, four trumpets, four bowls, four, uh, uh, I'm sorry, seven seals, trumpets, bowls, and seven thunders, all of these little things, they're supposed to help us to understand this is something that there, you can gain at least a little bit more clarity on. All right, the thunder motif. They're called thunders. That has to mean something. I guarantee you, the word seven thunders means something. That it's thunders, not seven lightnings, not seven, you know, whatever, pick on anything. Also, it's interesting that in the book of Revelation, when God chose seals, trumpets, bowls, and in this case, thunders, all of them are uh, 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 previously developed biblical themes. So it's not like you go seals and you go, man, the word seal has never been written in the Bible. We have no idea what a seal means in the Bible. We absolutely do. There's plenty about seals in the Bible. Trumpet, same thing. Bowl, same thing. So there was already this laying out of seals, trumpets, and bowls in the Bible long before the book of Revelation for us to be able to look at and gain understanding. Same thing with thunders. Same thing. Lots of information, actually. These are distinct events, just like the 21 judgment events, the seals, trumpets, and bowls, seven seals plus seven trumpets plus seven bowls, 21 judgment events. 
These are seven more events. They're unique. They're talked about uniquely. They're described as seven. It didn't say a bunch of them or three guys. It said seven thunders. We are supposed to understand there are seven distinct messages. And again, I believe because of all the stuff I just got done saying, seven distinct events. Reason I'm saying distinct, they're distinct from the other horrible events in the book of Revelation. Just like the seals and the trumpets aren't the same things. Seven seals and seven trumpets, completely different events. Seven bowls of wrath, also completely different events. 21 different events, seven more. Seven more events that we're even told when they will be realized, when they will unfold, when the mystery of God will be known right before the seventh uh, trumpet. It's interesting. Distinct events. There were whispers in the word of God before we were told by John the apostle in the book of Revelation that there are seven seals and trumpets and bowls. Before we were told that, before we were ever told there are seven bowls of God's wrath, there were whispers all throughout the prophets of what those bowls of wrath would be. There were whispers. There were, there were pieces of judgments that you're reading through Isaiah, you're reading through Jeremiah, you're reading through the minor prophets, and you're going, what is that crazy thing? Oh my gosh, we find out in Revelation, that's part of one of the bowls. That's part of one of the trumpets. It was always there in the word. There were whispers in the word, even though John had not yet, the Holy Spirit had not yet called them seven seals, trumpets, and bowls. The whispers were already in the Old Testament. I believe we are absolutely supposed to go on a treasure hunt to find seven thunders. I mean, to me, it just seems like the absolute most normal thing to be doing as a result of finding seven seals, trumpets, and bowls, and the, and the whispers are all throughout the Old Testament. Boom, seven thunders. Well, they're called thunders. I think they are storms unlike any other. That's what I think they are. I could be wrong. But I think they are storms unlike anything we've ever experienced before. Just like the seals are events unlike we've ever seen before, trumpets, events, bowls, events, that we've, unlike we've ever seen before. So I'm going to put these two ideas together, and I'm just going to throw out a couple Bible verses for you to go pray through, read through, and then ask the Holy Spirit for a whole lot more information. Here are the two ideas I'm going to put together. They are judgment events whispered about in the Old Testament. And they are thunders, and I'm calling those storms. So what if we went on an Old Testament treasure hunt looking for storms of a profound sense that have not yet occurred in human history? I think that's a great place to start. I'm going to read you a few verses. I'm at the top of page 7. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. I just wonder if there's something there illuminating this. The God of glory thunders. And then there's storm components connected to his thundering. Did you see it? There's storm components. Next, Psalm 148, 7 through 8. Praise the Lord from the earth. You great sea creatures and all the ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding. Storms that do the bidding of God. God says, storm, start storming. 
and the storm says, yes, sir, and does his bidding. I mean, there's some personification going on right there. Similarly, in Revelation, the seven thunders, there's some personification going on. They, they speak, they respond, they do stuff. But to me, this passage in Job is just a treasure. Job 36, 27 through a good way into the next chapter. He draws up drops of water, which distill as rain. The clouds pour down. Abundant showers fall on mankind. Who can understand how he spreads out the clouds? How he thunders from his pavilion? See how he scatters his lightning about him? This is the way he governs the nations. Huh? You govern nations by storms? What is that? Huh? He fills his hands with lightning and he commands them to strike its mark. His thunder announces the coming storm. Listen! Listen to the roar of his voice, to the rumbling that comes from his mouth. He unleashes his lightning beneath the whole heaven and he sends it to the ends of the earth. Has there ever been a moment that his lightning was released under the whole of heaven? You might go, oh, well, that just means a spot here, a spot there, a spot there, and eventually it's the whole of heaven. Maybe. But that would still be a whole lot of spots yet to have lightning. Because I bet you there's not been every little inch of air have lightning go through it yet. After that, he comes with the sound of his roar. These are all language points from Revelation chapter 10. This has got like 10 buzzwords from Revelation 10. The rumbling that comes forth from his mouth, he unleashes his lightning beneath the whole heaven. He thunders with his majestic voice. When his voice resounds, he holds nothing back. He holds nothing back. When does that ever happen? God's voice thunders in marvelous ways. He does great things beyond our understanding. Wait a minute. Storms beyond our understanding. He says to the snow, fall on the earth. To the rain, shower, be a mighty downpour. So that everyone that he has made may know his work. Everyone know his work related to storms. He stops all people from their labor. The animals take cover. The tempest comes out from his chamber. The cold from the driving winds. The breath of God produces ice and the broad waters become frozen. The broad waters? The oceans? Become frozen? What are we reading right now? He loads the clouds with moisture. He scatters his lightning through them. At his direction, they swirl around the face of the whole earth to do whatever he commands them. He brings the clouds to punish people or to water his earth and show his love. I just say, there is something here. There's not nothing. There is a treasure hunt to be had here, friends. Whatever is happening here, whether related to the seven thunders directly or not, there's a whole lot of eschatology in there somewhere anyway. There's a whole lot of yet to be unveiled, yet to be fulfilled in human history realities right there in those three passages. Now, it just makes sense to me that they would be connected to the seven thunders. 
Now, I want to end you with this. The seven thunders. The thunders were sealed. Seal up what the seven thunders have said. It wasn't time yet. It was time to seal them. It wasn't time. The sealing with promise to unseal later means that there is more information to be had out there. The fact that they were sealed until later, not sealed indefinitely, means at some point more information is going to be made available, more to come. He wants it searched out. The Lord over and over in the word gives us dares about searching out hidden truths in God. It's one of the biggest dares in the Bible is search me out, seek me, and you will find. I mean, how many times does the Lord say, I will reveal to you truths that I'm not telling anybody else? It, it, but if we pursue it, the nature of sealed material, the very nature of C4 yield material, wow, that's a great typo, part D, <laughs> is that it is intended to be read by someone at some point. The nature of sealed material it is intended to be read by someone at some point. We can be confident that God will tell this prophetic information to somebody at some point. And this is God's way. Amos 3.7, surely the sovereign Lord does nothing. Nothing. Without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. It's another dare. It's another invitation. It's another treasure hunt. And I'll just say this so that all of you can kind of get a little bit of practical on this. The primary pattern of God revealing end time revelation, of him revealing prophetic information, there is a pattern that is tried and true in the word of God. It is lifestyles of prayer and fasting. Lifestyles of prayer and fasting are the ones God reveals end time information to. And I gave you a bunch of examples right there, but th this is God's pattern. He does not reveal end time theology to those that don't have lifestyles of prayer and fasting, biblically. So if we want to get revelation, we have got to live lifestyles of prayer and fasting. Sounds like we ought to start a house of prayer. All right, so break up into your small uh, group discussions. How many do we got tonight, Luke? All right, let's go ahead and transition. Andy, are we live at this point? Okay. All right, so we're, uh, we're going to go now to our time of Q&A. And so uh, what I'll do is uh, try to repeat uh, the questions that you guys have from each group so that those that are watching online are able to hear the question as well. So uh, why don't we start back there. Andy, what was your group question? Yeah, so uh, the question was, um, the seals, trumpets, and bowls as uh, three unique series of seven judgments, um, they were targeting what we would look at and go, my goodness, there's nothing left that wasn't untargeted. Uh, you know, all 21 of those events will leave the world in complete shambles. Uh, what, what's left for these seven uh, thunders, if they're judgments, uh, for them to judge? Well, I think if all we had was the seven seals and we'd never heard of seven trumpets and never heard of seven bowls, our takeaway would be the same. I think we would go, 
<coughs> what else could even happen? It would take the creativity of the mind of God to even come up with something worse or crazier or more comprehensive. So I don't exactly have a, an exact answer on that, uh, but I, I did have a thought as you guys were discussing. Um, I think that another intended takeaway. Now, you know, all of this is, I think, it seems right to me, but it's based off of Bible ideas. I mean, these are based off of things that we can read very clearly in the book of Revelation. So while, it, while these are assumptions, I think they're uh, fairly well-founded, okay? Um, the, uh, the, the thought came to me, the seals are bad, the trumpets are worse, the bulls of wrath are crazy horrible over the top worse. The seven thunders happen between the sixth and the seventh trumpet. Remember the sixth trumpet? That's the crazy army of the demon uh, horsemen. These seven judgments happen seemingly after that, but for sure in the days before the seventh trumpet. So it makes me wonder, even related to their level of intensity, it's not just seven more judgments, it's seven more judgments that we would have reason to believe are worse than the seals, not as bad as the bulls, but worse or in alignment somewhere somehow with like sixth uh, trumpet sort of a thought process. Like, oh my gosh, these are, these are gonna be intense. So uh, what are they gonna target? I don't know, but if they are storms, pointed storms would touch the earth in a way that is very different than most of the judgments uh, before that. Not completely unrelated, because there are elements of the seals, the trumpets, and the bulls that all have overlap, and then there's elements that are unique to each judgment series. I think this will be similar. I think there'll be some elements that are unique and some elements that, are, uh, that, are that have got some overlap. But the subject of storms up until the seventh trumpet has not been one of the most significantly highlighted components. It has not been. And so for there to then be a significant uh, uh, intrusion into planet Earth related to storms with lightning doing weird things, snow doing weird things, uh, freezing temperatures, freezing up the oceans. I mean, it's, there's some things about this that could be uh, really problematic. So I don't know that I would aim it necessarily at an aspect of the world's infrastructure that had not previously been touched so much as it is an aspect of judgment that it not previously had much expression. So great question. Um, yeah. No. It says, right here, I'm going to read it. It says, uh, this is Revelation chapter 10, verse, let me find it, verse 7. There will be no more delay, but in the days when the seventh angel is about to sound his trumpet, the mystery of God will be accomplished just as it was announced to the servants of the prophets. So in the, in the, the time period just before the seventh trumpet, probably seemingly after the sixth trumpet. Okay, now ask the question.
Yeah, I got no idea. Those are old notes. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a copy and paste, and that's a giant typo. So, okay, so what, what's that under? Give me a section. Page seven, letter F, page seven, wait a minute, oh, timing of the judgments, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a typo, I, I don't know, that's, I, if you noticed when I was uh, going through the notes tonight, I didn't cover part F, uh, part of the reason was for that is I had not looked at it, and I just copy and pasted from an old session, so uh, I would do a, a uh, just pretend to part F is not in there. Just cross through that one. Uh, the last time I taught this was probably 2011, 12, 2011, maybe. So it's been a while. Um, so no, I think, I think the clarity is really simple, uh, is very clear that the Revelation 10 verse 7 uh, makes it very clear when this occurs. And so I probably didn't, I had not yet had that point of revelation when reading or putting together those notes under part F. So, um, yeah. And it, to me, it's, it's not just clear. It's so clear because the entire narrative of chapter 10 is all about this mighty angel. Everything else is stuff the angel does, interacts with, says, contributes, but it's all about this mighty angel. So when you're reading Revelation chapter 10, it's this mighty angel is coming and he's got a story to tell. And he's doing stuff. The seven uh, thunders thunder in response to him. And then he says, right after that, right? It says, as John was about to write down, this is verse uh, four, he says, seal up what the seven thunders have said. Then the angel that was seen standing on the sea and the land, same angel, he raised his right hand to heaven and he swears. We need to read this and picture what's happening here. The angel that the whole passage is all about says, let me tell you the truth. He says, he swears by him who made the sea and the living creature. He, he swears by, uh, how does the language read exactly? It says, uh, he raised his right hand to heaven and he swore by him who lives forever and ever. I swear by him who lives forever and ever the following. There will be no more delay. In the days when the seventh angel is about to sound his trumpet, the mystery of God will be accomplished. What mystery is he talking about? The mystery that was just sealed right before he started swearing, which was what? The seven seals, uh, seven trumpets, thunders. There's a lot of sevens. The seven thunders. The seven thunders are the mystery. And the angel, he's making that really clear. The seven thunders are sealed, and then immediately he stands up and says, I'm going to swear about this. And he makes it really loud and clear that it's in connection, and he says, in the days before the seventh trumpet is blown, the mystery of God will be revealed. And so, I mean, it's, it's very contextual in the flow of the passage. So, uh, great question. Sorry for the part F. Just toss that. Okay. Uh, who else? Over here? The lamb. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Great question. I have to remember. 
I know I said that having really thought about it, but now I have to remember. Give me just a second, because uh, that's a very fair question. Uh, all right, let's see here. You know what? Let me, let me get back with you on that, because I stand by the statement, because I remember that I really spent some time thinking about that one, but I can't readily remember the reference, so uh, I will answer that one. Yeah? Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, it's actually Revelation 7, uh, verse 1 and following, isn't it? No. The seal, no, that's, no. It fell down, yeah, no, that's not where I was coming from. It's, when I find it, it's like, oh, yeah, there it is. Um, uh, I can't recall. So, great question. I'll, I will get back with you on that one. The question, because I didn't repeat it on the mic, uh, was related to the seven angels. Uh, how are they connected to the seals? And uh, I, will, I will get back with you on that particular point because um, I feel confident that they are, but I can't find the verse at the moment. Uh, but when I do, you'll go, oh, yeah, there, there it was all along. Okay, uh, great questions. Worship leader, you can come on up. Here's, here's my hope really with tonight, okay? Um, my hope tonight was to help empower you actually to not be afraid of mysteries in the word. I mean, I hope that tonight, even if you didn't walk away going, I'm clear on every point, you walked away where I made enough sense that you're like, yeah, you know what, those seven thunders, they're probably much of what he was talking about. <laughs> you know, and while maybe not all the details became clear and you don't have all of it fleshed out, yet walking into tonight, probably, you'd have thought seven thunders, they're sealed. We cannot know anything about those. These, these are completely unknowable things. But even when the Lord says this is an unknowable thing, it's actually a lure. <laughs> I mean, why did you tell us it exists and then tell us I won't tell you about it? That, I mean, that's on purpose. You're trying to like get us to lean in. Instead, just don't tell us that it exists. And then it's really sealed. But don't tell the prophet and then say, hey, prophet, don't tell them this part. I want to provoke them. I want to provoke curiosity. You got something? Oh, one more question. Mm. Connection to the procession? I'm not exactly sure how to repeat that question. Uh, I, I'll, I'll say this. I'll try to rephrase it in a way that I can... Way go, way go, way down. Uh, 
I think that, uh, you know, the, the question related to the timing being right before the seventh uh, trumpet, which is when Jesus returns, could it be that these storms are connected to the procession of Jesus coming? And the only reason I would lean towards no, though I think you make a good case out of Psalm 97, the only reason I would say no is because it says in the days before. So the seventh trumpet hasn't been blown, so there is no Jesus in the sky yet. So the, the passage in Psalm, uh, Psalm 97 and other places that describe the bursting forth of the heat and the, the, the elements and things of the Lord, that's act, it's, it's by his presence coming. So whatever's happening in these uh, seven storms, if I have the liberty to call them that, whatever's happening in them would be like a forerunner for Jesus is coming, but it's it's not the 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 pre wake of his coming because the seventh trumpet hasn't been blown yet because uh, it says that this will the mystery of God will be what does that say completed fully known manifest realized I forget the language fulfilled yeah it'll be fulfilled so the mystery of God will be fulfilled before the trumpet before the seventh trumpet so so that would to me. Make it sound like these are these are storms of some sort that are definitely proclaiming the purposes of the Lord. But also that last phrase, uh, and then we'll, we'll end. But that last phrase that really tells me these storms are in the Bible is the last phrase says, the mystery of God will be accomplished just as he announced it to his servants, the prophets. So that means to me, there is significant revelation about these seven thunders in the prophets because this mystery will be fulfilled that was declared to the prophets and it will be fulfilled before the second coming of Christ. So great questions. Good job. Let's study Revelation. This can be fun. This concludes this teaching from the prayer room. For more resources or to schedule another TPR teacher to come speak at your church or event, please see our website at theprayerroomdfw.com. Thank you.